Hello and welcome to Downtime Podcast, episode 168. Today I have brought on a very awesome guest, my friend Gary. Gary, how's it going, buddy? Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me, man. dude um so before we get into the podcast i just want to tell everyone uh, kind of a reminder that alisa is out um until actually she messaged me the other day she'll be out until um uh mid-june she's coming back mid-june because she uh was on a film set because of her or work she wouldn't tell me which film but it was being shot in philadelphia and um i'm guessing it's indiana jones like that's that's my guess that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big, big fan of the Indiana Jones franchise. Same, same, man. I love the series so much. I personally, three is, is my favorite, but I do love, of one course. Lot. Yeah. The one like, uh, having his dad in it was really fun. And then, uh, you know, the crusader at the end was really cool. Oh yeah. So awesome, dude. It was so cool. I actually, as a side note here, I showed that to my son when he was probably like six, five or six. And I had to explain like why the Nazis were the bad guys and how like they don't like people, you know, just kind of got into the the mythos of and mentality of, you know, the uh, Nazi party. So fast forward a couple months and I didn't think he retained any of that. Right. We go to the Air Force Museum, the National uh, Air Force Museum here where, where we're from. And there is some Nazi airplanes and he saw the Nazi logo. And he just out of nowhere was thinking about Indiana Jones. He's like, if I saw a Nazi, I'd, I'd punch him right in the face. And I was like, well, I don't condone your violence, but you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he has so much vigor. He wants to like yeah. already kill Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he knows he knows right from wrong for sure. Yeah, but Indiana Jones helped him with that. <laughs> when he gets older, you should have him play Wolfenstein. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That was just an interesting tale. No, 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 no apologies. Uh, that's fine. No, I that we love that. I love I love little tangents like that. Um, and uh, it, it, I think it's funny that he wants to wants to do that because uh, I don't know. Th- I guess there's this this stigma within American society that we just want to get rid of Nazis, which is obviously it's a good thing. Like we, no one likes Nazis, but I think right. it's funny. <laughs> I think it's funny how classic movies like that. Um, already instill that within children. They're like, Nazis are bad. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, he knew from the get-go, you know. But also, it's it's, it was kind of nice knowing that, like, my son has that um, uh, no tolerance for intolerance. You know, I like that. Um, Yeah. In our our country, we're getting, like, because, you know, when when you have concepts like freedom of speech, you get real nervous, like, well... Is what they say in our country hate speech when they're when they're promoting those Nazi ideals. So like, yeah, I mean that's intolerance. So I'm totally I'm not okay with that. So dude. I'm glad that he was he's in that frame of mind. Hell yeah, dude, that's awesome. And he he knows better now, and he's gonna grow up with that instilled in him. And you're awesome for teaching that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So going back to it, that's why she's out, but she'll be back again. There's no drama between us. She's literally just gone for work. Um, and, um, 
yeah, hopefully she'll have some fun stories or maybe she won't. Maybe she won't be able to talk about it. We'll see. Um, so before we continue what uh, what's going on in our lives, uh, I just want to give some brief color to how, how Gary and I met. <laughs> it's actually kind of a fun story. Um, so back in February of this year, I was... I guess still in the stages of becoming an affiliate member on Twitch. And uh, for the longtime viewers of the podcast, you know that I have started streaming on Twitch. Um, and it started in 2019 because I wanted to uh, donate money to charity. And my friends and I wanted to, wanted to uh, take part in Extra Life. So uh, we all, you know, gathered our resources and did Extra Life. And then after that, I kind of stopped streaming because I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. And I wasn't really comfortable with being on camera just yet. And um, in late 2020, I kind of just said, fuck it, and was on camera uh, and started doing more Twitch stuff. I think October is when I really started like showing myself on camera. And then um, fast forward to February 2021, I'm playing Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh, the 2017 version on Hoth, and then I get raided. Raided uh, a raid is when another streamer um, takes their community that they're streaming with live, and they bring it to another streamer. Um, and um, you know, you got you guys get to know each other and stuff. And uh, I think it's just a fun way of meeting new people on Twitch. So um, Gary raided me on Twitch, and we became friends after that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just kind of hit it off, and it wasn't like a huge spectacular raid or anything. It was, I think, it was like what nine, nine to eleven people. I don't remember. It wasn't huge, but we made it our mission to help you get to affiliate. Um, and that was like, <laughs> like some of our community members really set out to just commit to getting anyone we raided because that was our goal, our objective. We decided in chat like we really need to because I was new too, you know, and. We wanted to build a community and the best way to build that community is just doing the raids and not just raiding in, popping in saying, hey, you should come check us out and then leaving, but staying and being a part of the conversation uh, and really getting to know each other. And like we've really in the last couple of months, man, we've really bonded. We play games outside of stream. We chat and hang out like it's been a blast. Like I've, I've really enjoyed um, the Twitch community we've made and the just online gaming community that we've made um, separate from Twitch. Like it's really cool. Yeah, I, I agree, man. And you say that it wasn't a lot of people, but to me, that's a lot of people because it helped me. You literally helped me become affiliate like that next day. So I, <laughs> you single-handedly helped me become affiliate. Um, so I, I really, really thank you for that. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, we did it with um, with Kamanda also. We got her up where she needed to be. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I, I think there was another person that we helped out, but I'm not I'm not remembering. I think it's... um. Uh, Star Striker, I think that's who it was. Yeah, he's a pretty good guy. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, because of that, it it has become my mo on Twitch to you know have us like you know that many numbers in my audience so that I can raid somebody and help them become affiliate too. Like that, that is honestly my end goal is to just get a bunch of people that like let's say twenty plus people in my audience and then we'll just raid somebody and then just push their numbers up. That's always been oh, like it's the best. Yeah, it's so good. I love seeing people's reactions. Um they're yeah. like, oh my gosh, like oh thank what a raid. Like especially <laughs> like people who have like one or two viewers at the moment. Like yeah. get raided by 20 people. Like, oh my God, like what do I do with my hands? You know? <laughs> oh I know. Well my buddy that we were talking about earlier, um my my real life friend, uh he was 
playing, I think, Classic WoW. And it must have been a famous streamer that was doing it. But he had like, it was like two and a half, like 2,500 people. Oh, it, was 20, wow. it was like 2,300 people raided him. And he just was like frozen. He didn't know what to do because he had his number jump from like, you know, his normal like 13, 14 people to like 2,000 something. And he was like, I don't know what to do. He said, he said oh. within 60 seconds, he got 130 followers. That's insane. That's crazy. It's Dude. just luck of the dice, man. Yeah, that it's it's crazy because like, you know, wow isn't niche, but you know, the you I, I feel like us as content creators, we're we're pretty niche because we're we're small. You know, we're small Switch streamers. We're just out here to play video games and have a good time. But if if somebody just with thousands of people decides to raid us, like I, I would react the same way. I'd be like, I would freeze. I'd be like, dude, what is happening? Like there's literally <laughs> two, there's like 2000 people, like a, like a high school gymnasium of people are staring at me. Like, like I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's Am insane. I in my underwear? Why is everyone staring? Yeah. Like, Hey guys, what, what's <laughs> going on? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of people. Like, I feel like I don't entertain enough when I'm on my stream. I can't imagine that many people just showing up like, boom, there they are. Like, well, now what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> I would honestly have stage fright. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I I mean, being on Twitch, there there is some sort of like uh, comfort in having a small audience. Like, okay, I'm going to have five people. That's dope. I can just chat with these five people, you know, and it's, it's a lot of people that I know already. So we can just catch up and they can talk to each other and I can, um, you know, play play the game and be entertaining. But then you have two thousand people who don't know you. And you're like, oh, uh, my 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 name my name is uh, you know. <laughs> you're just like, uh, hi everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you have that many people, you cannot keep up with chat. I was watching a, a streamer play Conan of Exiles or whatever, and they were joking around. And she had about twelve hundred viewers. And they were all she was asking chat, like, you know, what kind of they're in a role play. And she's like, well, what kind of uh, accent should I have? What should I do? And I was trying to tell her to be um, the lumpy princess from Adventure Time. Yeah. But like there were so many people talking that even me highlighting my text, like it just didn't she didn't just didn't see it. Like it was just so many people over talking. So I don't know how a streamer can follow. Like, like, do they is there a, it made me wonder, is there a point of like diminishing returns where you get so high and such a high viewer count that. Your lack of interaction with those viewers, does it start to like go down? Like do people say, ah, she doesn't have time for me. I'm leaving. Like, does that ever happen? I wonder, like, you know, where's that point? I I had a conversation about this with uh, some buddies who all, were also streaming. And yeah, that's what happens when you're such a big streamer. You can't really communicate with one specific individual. Like I remember, I remember seeing like, um, a big Twitch streamer, he was, like, talking to his chat, and then he's like, oh, yo, Orange is here. What's up? Hey, Orange. Like, how do you see that? Like, how do you see that one right. person? Like, everyone's messages are highlighted, or, like, they're all, you know, the stock message without being highlighted. You're like, dude, I don't know, like, how you saw that. But, um, yeah, I mean, for for the most part, it's it's a lot of, like, the audience trying to to make themselves known to the Twitch streamer by either donating or doing something for the streamer, like sending fan mail or something like that's how they get noticed. And that's how the streamer like probably prioritizes their messages somehow. But for the most yeah. part, big Twitch streamers that have like 3000 plus viewers, it, it's, they cannot reach out. Like they do reach out, but if they ask a question, they're going to see most of the answer that they want to pick out so like what what color right. should they pick like red or green like oh i see a lot of people are saying green okay i'll go with green um 
Yeah. And yeah, it, it is hard to to build like uh, uh, a like a personable audience because you just have a bunch of fans at that point and you don't really know them that well. Um, and from there on, like you're going to have to pick and choose like who you want to talk to and hang out with because in my opinion, that's just way too many people. Like, like some, yeah. some of these Twitch streamers have like 13,000 plus people. And I'm like, I can't even fathom that amount. I'm like, dude, right. <laughs> like, and like, you can't what? have that tight knit community. Like that's, and that's to me, the best part about what we do is when we have like, you know, anywhere from that, you know, five or three to, to even up to 20 people, like having that many, you can still have individualized conversations with them. Like you still know who they are. You know how you met them. You know, like your personal history together and you can have those inside conversations. I don't know. It just seems more personable. Like it's a family and a community. Like I feel like, I feel like we've built that with the people that we are kind of involved with in our Twitch little corner of the universe. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you get big like that, you're, you're missing out on what really makes Twitch magical when you when you can't have those that family vibe like we were forming within our communities yeah no i i agree because at that point you're just a celebrity you're you're on the platform to make money because most of the time the people that um have the the thousands of viewers are uh that's their full-time job is twitch which you know it makes sense but at the same time like yeah i agree with you um i the way i like to think about it is like we're like the the small town and all these big Twitch streamers are like the big cities and we're just like yeah hey you know like we're, <laughs> we're everyone happy knows here each with other. our we're happy with our little corn festivals like we're good we're yeah, not doing no. Macy's parades <laughs> <laughs> For, no exactly exactly everybody knows each other in the small town and there's nothing wrong with that like we have the small no. community um and in the big city you have all these people yelling you know the same thing at uh, at these big giant buildings which are these huge content creators um and we're over here just like yeah no it's all good which i really like you know i like being in the um in the small twitch streamer setup because i don't know i i think i think too many people watching me would give me a lot of anxiety (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yep yeah man so but yeah y'all that's that's how we met and um We'll talk more about that later, but for now, dude, Gary, what's going on in your life, dude? What's what's new? What's happening? Uh, I'm just happy to have my uh, gaming PC, man. We I, I recently did a rebuild. I know I've shown the specs to you. I was able to get my hands on a uh, uh, an RTX 3070. Crazy, and, crazy. Dude, it's I'm loving it. Um, I got my VR virtual uh, desktop with my Oculus. Uh, Quest 2 setup, so I'm playing uh, some VR games again, playing Star Wars Squadrons. Um, if you've not played Star Wars Squadrons in VR and you're a Star Wars fan, you will, when you're in that X-Wing flying around, you will literally be brought to tears. It's the coolest oh, thing I've ever seen. That's, that's it's, so it's, cool. It's it's phenomenal. Um, I played some Phasmophobia. with The VR just takes gaming to another level. I really hope that the VR thing isn't just like a trend. I hope it's something that's sticking around and going to just keep getting better. Because it's so immersive and so fun. Um, but yeah, that's that's been my focus lately. Is just, you know, really embracing the new PC build and pushing it to its limits with some VR gaming. Nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, in my personal opinion, I think that um, VR is going to stay because as long as there's an audience for it and as long as developers and companies that make the VR headsets want to continue pushing the technology 
making them smaller and lighter and more accessible and more affordable, I think that it will continue to be um, a staple and eventually take over gaming. Um, I don't know if it'll necessarily, you know, be like Ready Player One, but I right. think, yeah, yeah, I think that um, it'll be an option because you have games like Half-Life Alex, which are pushing the bars, you know, when it comes right. to VR, which is awesome. And I haven't played it yet, but I've heard really good things. And so I, I, I have the space for a VR headset. I think that eventually once, um, you know, once it becomes more affordable, um, I'll be able to pick one up and, and start playing it. For sure. Um, on on that note, uh, with the, with the chipset shortage, the, the computer chip shortage, you know, PlayStation 5s and the new Xboxes were so backed up and people can't get a hold of them, right? I don't even know anyone that got them. Um, mm-hmm. The Oculus headset was priced, the Quest 2 was priced so well that uh, a lot of people I knew bought those instead as an alternative for like Christmas presents and whatnot, right? And yeah. so like that was a huge boost for the VR industry because now you have all these people who would be playing PS5s and stuff or P- and new Xboxes and all those people were playing VR now. Like, that's a lot of money reinvested back into that industry. So I'm pretty excited. You know, I think you're right that it's going to be big because the dice just rolled in, in, in favor of VR this, this last year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, uh, yeah, what's going on with you, man? What's new with you? Um, great question. So... Yesterday, um, I was supposed to stream, but I didn't. I was actually catching up with some friends and um, went to this Japanese restaurant called Tekka SF. And I recommend this restaurant to anybody that uh, finds themselves in the city or if they, you know, just go to the Bay Area. And you can, if you can make your way to San Francisco, I'd say hit up this restaurant because it's been around for like 30 years. But um, the couple have been like working in sushi for like 60 years. So the quality is amazing it's a lot of food yeah man i love Um, sushi i love sushi oh man you'll you'll love japan then (laughs) like it's (laughs) this like this sushi i had was the closest i've ever tasted to sushi from japan oh nice yeah it's that good um it's a little hole in the wall they don't have a sign outdoors it's actually kind it was kind of a secret for a long time because unless you did your research unless you lived in the city then you kind of didn't really know about it um, and then, uh, you know, the internet came about and Yelp was a thing and Grubhub. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You actually, I don't think you can do takeout. You can, oh, I'm sorry, not takeout. You can't order online. You actually have to go to their website and, and order. Um, and they literally, like, respond to every single text message slash email that you, they get, which is kind of wholesome. But at the same time, I'm like, you need, like, a bot to, to manage this. Yeah. But, but they're so old that I don't think they understand that, that concept just yet. <laughs> Probably just pay some kid full time to do it. Right. <laughs> um, but that's awesome yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. So what it's, kind of so what did you what did you eat? What did you get there? What was your go to order? Um, so I got what's called omakase sashimi. Omakase means like chef's choice in Japanese, and it's whatever the chef uh, whatever fish the chef has at the time, they will okay. cut it for you fresh and then serve it to you. And sashimi is um just it's just where the it's the rice little rice ball with the the fish draped over it, right? Oh, so that's called nigiri, and it oh. is yeah, 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 and it usually comes in one or two. Um, so sashimi is it just by itself on the plate? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so yeah. then when I was in Hawaii, I got uh, I think it's 
Capoco, Capoca, Poke. What's that? Poke. That's what it was. Poke. Nice. And I ordered a poke bowl, nice. and it was literally. We went to this this uh, restaurant right on the docks. Like it, it was like back in the middle of like these like fishing warehouses and docks. Like it didn't even look like a restaurant. It literally looked like a warehouse. And we go in there, and you go inside, it's super fancy. And I ordered a poke bowl, and it had caviar and different types of like just fish in cubes, and some of them sliced just in a bowl. Like all of it just piled in a bowl, and I just ate oh, it out of the bowl. <laughs> so good. I think I've actually yeah. been to that spot you just mentioned. Oh, really? It was in. <laughs> yeah. It was in. Uh, not Waikiki. It was, what's what's the main island? That, Oahu or, is the island, right? Yeah, it was yeah, in yeah. Oahu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was on Oahu. I'm sure you island. have been there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, fun fact, actually, Gary. My parents live on Oahu. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So I went for our honeymoon. We went to Maui for a week and then we went to Oahu for a week. Oh um, man. Yeah, it was cool cuz in in well in in Maui we stayed in a condo. So it was like we had our own like apartment right on the beach. It was the coolest thing ever. And but then we went to uh Oahu. We were on just a hotel in Waikiki and it was like the bed almost touched the wall. It was like a sardine can. Like we freaked out. <laughs> we're like what have we done? This is the worst ever. But we were never there. We went out and did stuff. And I actually met a friend there that I've played World of Warcraft with since 2005. What? And yeah, I just because I randomly was playing WoW with him one night and I was like, man, so he asked where we're going for our honeymoon. I said, oh, we're going to Hawaii. We're going here and then here. He was like, dude, I live in Oahu. I was like, what? I was like, well, would you be would you be comfortable hanging out? And he said, sure. And we did. And we spent out of that week, we spent like four of the days there together with with uh, him and his wife. And he took us to that restaurant. He took us everywhere. Oh, he knows. He knows the good spots. He, he knows all the local <laughs> spots. Dude, that's the best. Honestly, you have a guide with you on your honeymoon yeah. and, and like, it's your friend. And like, dude, that's that's the well, best. <laughs> well, we didn't have that on Maui, though. On Maui, mm. it was just we kind of did our own thing. Um, have you been to you probably been to Maui, right? I've been to all the big islands. Yeah. OK. Yeah. 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 So Maui's beautiful. So have you done the uh, road to Tahana? Yes. Oh, man. So, so I did. Um, so we did that. We took our rental car up there. It was fun. We stopped at all the waterfalls. I downloaded uh, um, one of those apps. That's like an audio tour guide. And we were just listening to that as we drove. We get the history. And he told you when to pull over, when to stop and get like a snack or something or whatever. Awesome. Um, but then when you got up there to to the city, he says, OK, well, you, you got to turn around and go back. And I was like, I don't really want to go back through the whole thing again. I was like, well, let's keep going. And then he and then the recording said, and if you're thinking about going on, don't because it's so dangerous. The roads are are, are mud and they're treacherous. There's no guard railings or whatever, whatever. And then they said, if something happens, you get stuck up there. You could it could cost you like twelve thousand dollars to get a tow truck up there. It's just Whoa. not worth it. It'll void your warranty on your rental and your insurance. And it's just dangerous. Don't do it. Um, so just go back the other way. And then the recording ended. And I looked at my wife and I was like, yeah, we're going. <laughs> so I did. And it was oh raining. And we went around. It took us probably like three or four hours to get around the backside of it. Um, and it was, But it was like off the beaten path. We were driving down this one road and there were cows just walking everywhere. We literally just stopped the car and got out because there were just a herd of cows walking by. And we were like, hey, cows, what's up? Um, <laughs> and, then, and then there was one point where we were driving around and I look to my left as I'm coming around this, this cliff edge. And the salt had worn off the guardrails, so the guardrails were just eroded and gone. And I looked down, and like there's there's less than a like 
six inches, four inches between my tire and the cliff edge. And I look down and I look straight down. It's just like 600,000 foot drop to just sheer rocks with ocean waves crashing on it. So I'm I'm white knuckling. I'm terrified. It's raining. The roads are just like, you know, 45 degree angles or more, just like muddy. And we're trying not to slide. I'm driving down like the wife's taking pictures and having a blast. And I'm over there like terrified that I'm going to get my wife killed. Oh, my God. Dude, it was an adventure, though. It was so fun. It was so fun. And like if you ever playing around on Google Maps, you can you can look at the trip we made. Um, But it was fun. I wouldn't recommend it. But it was fine because at one point, well, at one point, a local was coming down and he had this big white truck around a bend. And I literally had to, like, go reverse until there was enough space for him to squeeze by me. It was terrifying. Yeah, because <laughs> it's all on the side of a cliff. It's terrifying. Yeah. Well, this just tells me that you're adventurous enough to to find out what's beyond the the signs. Um, but yeah. I'm happy you survived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It was. It's a good tale to tell. But the craziest. Okay, so I'm I'm 35. So I was probably like 33 when I did it. I come home and I'm telling the story and showing photos that I had from the adventure, showing the photos and telling telling the family. Turns out my dad and mom went there for their honeymoon and my dad did the same thing, except he had his mom in the back seat. (laughs) I was like, like, you did the same thing. Like history literally repeated itself from father to son. That's awesome, dude. That's so funny. (laughs) Absolutely hilarious. I had no idea. That's awesome, man. I, yeah, I I don't think I would go past that point, but I'm happy you did. So you could tell me what's over there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. It was cool. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so going back to it, if anyone comes to the city, hit up Tekka SF, support local businesses because they're, they're really, really sweet couple and, um, the fish is fresh and it's it's really tasty. Um, after that, um, we went to this place on Irving Street in San Francisco called the Game Parlor, and it's basically just a cafe with a bunch of board games. They I'm pretty sure they have like every single board game you can think of, along with Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon. So it's it's pretty cool. Like you can you can drink some coffee or eat a waffle and play some board games. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. That sounds like a good time. I just, um, while you were finishing your talk there, I Googled your Tekka place and you're right, man. It's an older couple. He's wearing, um, I don't know what the, the traditional outfit he's wearing is called. Um, he's just wearing like a sushi chef outfit. Right. And then, <laughs> yeah, it almost looks like they yeah. look like Jedi robes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. My friend was like, he looks like Yoda. I'm like, yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> but that looks amazing, man. That food looks so good. It does, it does, and it tastes even better. Um, you know it's you know it's good when the dude's old. You're like this this guy's been working on this for years. He's got it. Yeah, He's he got has it. that magic touch. <laughs> what and so okay, so what was the board game place called? It's called the Game Parlor, and it's spelled P A R L O U R. The British game Parlor, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we. Oh, okay. You can get yeah, coffee and, and uh, yep. some kind of treats there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't um, play board games. We actually just wanted to catch up after that was our dessert. So after dinner, oh, nice. we. Uh, yeah, we we had dinner in the park because um, a lot of places in SF actually aren't open yet because of COVID. Um, but uh, the game parlor had indoor seating. Some places are allowed to have indoor seating, and um, uh, the game parlor is actually pretty spacious. So that's why they were allowed to open. Uh, and all the tables were really far apart from each other. So we uh, 
yeah, we were able to sit and chat and just eat some waffles and hang out. So that was fun. Oh, that's really cool. They have some, uh, looks like they do a lot of stuff with waffles and food. And they have some waffle fries that look really good and seasoned. Uh, they're on yeah. Instagram too. The Game Parlor <laughs> SF, if you guys want to check that out. There you go. Follow on Instagram, hype yourself up before you go out. Yeah, check them out. They're it's in a sleepier part of San Francisco, but um, I really like this neighborhood because it, you know, it it's um it's more suburban and more homey. Because I grew up in like uh I grew up in suburbia in California, and you know there wasn't a lot going on, but I still I have like some nostalgia for you know that that kind of life. So that's why I uh that's why I like this neighborhood. So um, yeah, definitely check that out if you guys come to the city. And um, the last thing I want to talk about is grocery delivery. Have you ever had groceries delivered to your house? This isn't a, an ad or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Not to my house. I had it delivered to work. Um, it was my birthday and my mom ordered a Walmart. Walmart delivered whatever presents and food for coworkers she got for me. Um, you know, and the front office called and said, hey, we have, you know, a delivery for you from Walmart. I'm like, I laughed. I was like, what? From Walmart? And like she, the, the lady literally had like three or four bags of groceries. I've never seen anything like it. I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. Um, Because I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I started having groceries delivered to my house because uh, one, I don't own a car. And two... I found out that ordering it is pretty much the same as if I were to go into the store. Um, so I started ordering groceries and it I've been liking the experience so far. I got to say, uh, it's just like going to the store, but you just do everything online. I do miss that in-person experience, but um, I went to a grocery store near me one time and there were some people in there that were uh, very, how do I put this, sensitive like, there was an older gentleman in front of me who was like, hey, are you in line for this one or that one? And the guy turned around. He's like, six feet, buddy. Stay back. And I was like, oh, what? no. I was like, oh, my. What is this guy's problem? And then the old There's guy was such like. such a nicer way to say say that. You know, you don't have to be rude. Right. And the older guy was like, I'm sorry. I just want to know which line you're in. He's like, he's like, we're still in a pandemic. And I was like, dude, he's six <laughs> feet away from you. Like, what? Yeah, it's just I I after that I stopped going to that store because it seemed like that it seemed like customers were pretty sensitive about space and I was like, "All right, well, if I don't want to be caught up in this, so I just decided to be oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fully vaccinated now, so I I'm actually okay with uh going to the grocery store, but um, you know, I'm my brother's still not. I live with my brother and he's not fully vaccinated yet, but so I'm still right. trying to be, you know, cautious around other people and I know what the CDC says, but at the same time, you know, there there could be a new strain in the Bay Area and I need to be very careful about that. So of I'm course. still Yeah, I'm still wearing a mask, and they don't obviously. Know, and they don't know if vaccinated people can still if the virus will piggyback on them or not, you know? So mm-hmm. why not be safe? The, yeah. Has has California excuse me, has California lifted the mask requirement? No, it's still active, but Hawaii, they actually lifted it. Uh, Ohio just lifted um, this week, actually, a couple days ago. I think it was actually the first, so two days. This is the third day it's been lifted. Oh, okay. Okay. But I had a work meeting. Didn't wear it, but we were already spaced out more than enough, so it didn't matter. Um, (laughs) But going to the grocery store and things, I've still been wearing it. Oh, hey, mad respect to you, man. That's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. So that's that's been my experience. Um, I I I've been thinking about getting a car because uh, I feel like there's a wider need for it. A lot of my really close friends actually live a couple cities over, um, and I feel like I need to get a car, or I have to take the ferry to get there. Um, so I've been thinking about getting a car. I'm not sure when, but um, I think it'll. It's something I'm definitely like thinking about, and once I do, I can, I'll update everybody <laughs> if it does oh, happen. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, so what's yeah. transportation like then for you? How do you typically, what's a typical day for Jeremy getting around? Yeah, so I, I walk everywhere, um, but if I need to go downtown in SF proper, I'll take what's called Muni. And Muni has a bunch of different train systems, and they have um, a bunch of different bus lines that go all around the city. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's like the JKLMN, those are all the lines. I don't know what oh, happened cool. to the rest of the alphabet, but that's those are the lines. <laughs> we don't we we don't talk about where those go, right? It's like <laughs> like these this train system started a long time ago, but I don't know why they didn't have the other rest of the letters. I don't know why they call it like the A train. <laughs> it is interesting. Yeah, um, and if you want to go outside of San Francisco proper, there's a train system called BART, which stands for Bay Area Rapid Transit (B A R T). Um, and that goes to Daly City, which is south of San Francisco, and there it goes towards like Fresno, oh, not Fresno, oops, Fremont, which is like um, on the other side of the bay from San Francisco. So it, it goes a lot of places, um, and I think they're working on extending it eventually. But if you need to go somewhere like San Jose, which is a lot more south than um, than Daly City, then you would take what's called um, oh, shoot, I just I literally just blanked. <laughs> Uh, not AC Transit. That's another one. Um, Caltrain. It's called Caltrain. I guess it's called Cal. It's short for California Train, which is, seems really boring. Um, <laughs> but it goes from San Francisco proper to um, San Jose. So do they still have the? I see the Muni because I, I went to your San Francisco transportation website. I see the Muni. That's a pretty cool looking like train thing. Do they still have the cable cars? Yeah, yeah, like, they like do. The traditional you know, cliche train cars that you see, (laughs) like anytime someone says San Francisco, like in a movie or a show, they have to have the train cars in it. Right. Yeah. No, you bring up a good point. And, um, I've actually only, only ridden on them twice. And both of the times they were, I was kind of bored. I was like, okay, (laughs) this is, I could be taking a train that's indoor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah. 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 Um, so they do still have them and they're actually run by Muni. They're owned and operated by Muni. Um, okay. So you can use the same pass for all the buses and trains on the cable cars. It looks like um, it looks like the temporary shut down for COVID. Yes, I actually haven't been downtown since last September, but um, because I had to pick up stuff from my office. Uh, but uh, I, I assume because I have I didn't see the cable cars when I was when I was at my office because I actually work near a cable car cable car line. Um, I didn't see them, so I assume that they're all just like stacked up somewhere and waiting to uh, waiting for COVID to to be over with so they can continue operation. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, did you ever ride on them? You came out here once before, right, Gary? Uh, I was I was very young. We I so my grandmother's brother lived out there. He actually lived up in the hills overlooking the bridge. Um, it was crazy. I remember one night, one morning I got up really early. It was probably like 530 or six or something. I went to get like a glass of water 
and I look out his back window and he had a salt block out there for deer and stuff. And wow. there was a like a mountain lion just out there licking the salt block. I was like, what <laughs> is happening? Uh, but, you know, I was probably like seven or eight. Um, so I, we did the trams. We did Alcatraz when it was still open. We did all that stuff. So it was pretty fun. Yeah. I don't remember lots of it. I don't remember tons of it. I remember looking at the bridge. I remember being freaked out in Alcatraz. Um, and I remember the cable car. And obviously the the mountain lion. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a it's interesting because you have SF proper, which is all metropolitan, and you go like thirty minutes south, or you know, just across the bridge and and outward that way, then it becomes like really rural, <laughs> like almost yeah. immediately. Because um, in the south we have like Santa Cruz, which is all forest, which is awesome, and then after that is like a bunch of just hills. Like yeah. just dry patches, which is which is cool because it kind of gives some color to the Bay Area. But I'm glad you still remember it. That's awesome, man. It was a cool experience. Yeah, I'd love to go back though as an adult, you know, and you know, take it in and you know do some of the stuff that I w- I'm interested in, like eat a, eat at some of these places you're talking about, and you know get a feel for that city life that you probably don't really want to do when you know your parent. My parents probably didn't want to get into. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like as a kid, you really don't have a choice because you go to right. all the touristy spots. But like if, if you come out here, man, I'll, I'll show you around all the local spots and get you yeah. some better food. <laughs> and that's a goal. Anytime I travel, because um, I've been to like, you know, Italy and some other places. But my goal is always to have one, maybe two days max to do the touristy stuff. Get that out of the way. Right. Yeah. And then the rest of the time do everything you can to embrace the locals and the culture and like eat and live the way they do and like experience that culture firsthand. I mean, you got to do the touristy stuff, get it out of the way, but then embrace where you're at fully. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And food is the way to do it. Food is the gateway to culture. That hundred percent. That is the direct way to my heart is food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And arts. Like if you get involved in the arts, that, tells a story of culture itself. So that's good to get into also, if you can. I agree, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um yeah, dude. Uh what what about you? Um like tra- public transportation in Ohio. For the record, guys, uh, we probably didn't mention this earlier and he and I think uh Gary mentioned it, uh but he's based in Ohio right now, so he's 3 hours yep. ahead. Um what about public transportation in Ohio? Is that a thing? Uh, so within our city, we have like our cities have like internal transportation, but when you get out, Ohio's very rural, um, and spread out, like we just have tons of space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you get outside of the city, there's not really any transportation. I mean, there's no side, you know, there's no sidewalks or something. I live out in the countryside. Um, so my wife and I both have vehicles. I just bought a 2018 Ford Explorer and it's amazing. Lots nice. of space. Love it. And the wife just bought a new um, uh, 20, actually right off the assembly line, 2021 um, GMC Sierra Elevation. And it is fancy. Ooh. So we have we have big vehicles. I mean, we're gas hogs. We drive around. But <laughs> when in Rome, right? Right, right. <laughs> you, you kind of have a no choice out there, too. I feel like Teslas aren't really a thing in Ohio. or they're, 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 they're gaining popularity. They're just... It's a lot of money up front, but in the end, you'll save money. Um, and I, yeah. I would enjoy having one for sure. It's mostly just because of all the tech and gadgets that come with it. I'm really into that. Same. Um, but yeah, and my my brother-in-law, he's been talking about getting one. It's just, again, it comes down to that 
how much you have to put down initially that he, he can't swing it right now. Yeah, I, I wish they were more affordable, but it makes sense for the price because of all the technology yeah. that's going into it. And like and the longevity. Not, exactly, exactly. And not all of it is like easily accessible. And, you know, Tesla is leading the way with, I think, um, you know, uh, elec- yeah, with like electronic car innovation. And there's it's cool. in my in my city, I see I see them frequently and, and I'm seeing more of them. Um, I just don't know anyone personally that has one, uh, but I see them, I, you know. If I drive across town, I'll probably see like three or four of them. So it's not, it's getting better. Um, yeah. 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 But there's no, as far as like transportation goes, you know, we have a couple like scat buses and we have, um, we don't even, we don't have taxis where I live. Um, I think there's Ubers, but probably not very many. Um, and obviously like our schools have transportation, but that's, that's about it. Um, I think there's transportation for like elderly people and, um, you know, some of our um, special needs individuals, I think they have transportation, but as far as like overall community transportation, not a whole lot of options. So most people drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just too rural, man. <laughs> We're too spread out. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that you definitely need a car if you live out there. Um, it's the same thing with Los Angeles. They do have public transportation, but um, definitely having a car is better. Although, I guess, better or worse, because there's horrendous traffic in Los Angeles as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I agree. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if you come to the Bay, Gary, you'll see um, a lot of Teslas, but also a lot of awesome. self-driving cars in San Francisco proper. Oh, that'd be weird. It is weird. It is strange. They're, they're in testing, so there's always somebody behind the driver's seat. But <laughs> you'll you'll know that it's a self-driving car because there's a giant camera on top that's like covered by this giant plastic dome. And then they'll they'll have like some special sensors or something on the side. And I've been seeing recently that a lot of them are... Roll are not Rolls Royce, um, uh, Jaguars, and I'm not sure why they're Jaguars, but uh, I was like, wow, that's fancy for a self driving car. Uh, it could be Jaguars, um, financing it, or they could be trying to pioneer it so that they have the niche in the market if it becomes a thing. I think you're probably that's probably correct. That I, I would not put it past them to be like, yo, like we want to be that company. It's like, okay, cool. yeah, that is a cash grab for sure. They're reinvesting. Yeah. Dude, right? They're like we're putting this much in and hoping that it comes back. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Um, how about we move on to some games? You want to talk about some yeah. video games? Yeah. What's new in the game news? Um. Uh. I guess uh, we could talk about what we're playing. Um. But uh. Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. Sure. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. What are you playing? What are you playing right now? Uh, I've really jumped into, uh, Sea of Thieves. I don't know if you've played this. It's kind of an older game. I love it. I love uh, Sea of Thieves, dude. I'm still kind of new, kind of a fledgling pirate, but you just never know what you're going to run into. Like, um, I will say I've run into a couple of nice people, friendly people that I've run into, like on the islands. Um, I've also run into the kind of people that as soon as they see you, they start shooting at you. And no matter what you say or do, they're not going to let up. Um, but then today I was playing. And I came up on these people. They were in a small boat like mine. I was in a one-person boat. So I thought, oh, it's the same size ship. It ended up being two people. 
Um, they, they immediately, as I sailed up, I put my sails up and like try to look not as aggressive as possible. I stood on the top waving. They immediately come around, start firing at me. And then oh through the God. mic, I get I get the megaphone out like I'm friendly, I'm friendly, I'm friendly. And then the dude says, oh, he comes up and says, oh, my bad, my bad, dude. And he's like, you might want to repair your ship. So I go to that and start repairing it. And he's like, I'm coming aboard. And he comes over and starts helping me. And we kind of like he was like, well, I'm just, you know, you can leave now or we can have it out. But you're kind of encroaching on our space here. We're trying to do some treasure hunting here. And I was like, oh, well, I have this note and I, you, there's a button you can push where you can hold it out in front of you and show them what you're looking at. And he yeah. reads it and he's like, OK, well, you can do that and then get out of here. I was like, well, you can have it, man. This is your island. You want to do it? So we kind of like, you know, did some diplomacy there. OK. And then and then we Googled how to form an alliance. I didn't know this, but you can put a special flag on the top of your mast. And then if they do the same thing, you become friends. So we formed an alliance. And here's where the story gets good. We formed our alliance. We started doing our thing. Um and we start sailing and then these skeleton ships come out of the water and start attacking us. Ooh. And then at the same time that we're in this, like, so my boat and his boat, we're all like a fleet of helping each other out with these skeleton ships in this big battle. Uh, some people that are Reapers. And if so you don't know, Reapers are players who choose PvP as like their goal. And they actually hunt down people and get the more people they kill, the more rewards they get. Uh, and they show up on the map, right? And they have this big banner telling you how many ships they've sank. Yep. So they come at, they're, they're coming at us now. Right. So they get in the fray. So it's like a three way war with our, our two ships, the two skeleton ships, and then this guy coming in with a big ship. And it's just it was all madness. And it was the most fun I've had in playing a game for for quite a while. Like it was just insanity. So Sea of Thieves has captured my attention. Um, if you haven't played it, check it out. Uh, it's takes a little bit of a learning curve with the sailing. It's way better with friends or people. Um, and all, only advice I can say is, you know, if you do get sunk that's part of the game don't get frustrated i do easily because i'm competitive but uh <laughs> don't don't let it discourage you keep at it it's a fun yeah game. yeah yeah i agree i agree it's so simple but it's like it's easy to learn but hard to master right there's a lot to do and, and running a ship by yourself is hard because you have to scoop water repair the boat steer the boat manage the sails load the cannons fire the cannon it's like too much all at once you need you need friends yeah, if you get stressed out easily by doing everything yourself, uh, I'd say at least have one other person <laughs> to yes. help you. Even if it's uh, your nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I mean, he'll have fun too. <laughs> oh, he loves it. He loves it. Yeah, uh, I love Sea of Thieves. It, I think it's one of the most easily accessible and fun multiplayer games I have ever played. And it's great for adults and children. Like I think both both parties will have a lot of fun playing the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Uh, so the other night we uh, got killed by me and him. My son were playing. We got killed by this big ship, right? Just the two of us. And I managed to jump in the water before our ship sank. And I actually climbed aboard the enemy ship. And they had the big galleon, the biggest ship. I climbed to the top mast and jumped from from sail to sail at the top. And I was shooting them as they fired their cannons. So they didn't know where they were getting hit from. Killed a couple of them. Wow. Managed to get managed to get back down. Then behind under the steering wheel of a big ship, there's like a cabin, like a captain's cabin. They had all their treasure in there. So as they were fighting these like naval skeletons, big battle, they were in like a big heated battle with these skeleton ships. I was literally grabbing stuff and throwing it out the back of their <laughs> ship. So as they're fighting, there's just this trail of all of the treasure they've gathered. And I don't know if they got it or not, because I ended up going out to the front of the deck and fighting them. But. How hilarious. Like, they're going to finish that fight and turn around and go, like, where's all of our stuff? They literally so got... Absolutely that, so, oh, man. <laughs> my got son pirated. Was, yeah, he, my son went to bed laughing hysterically because of what I did. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. He loves it. 
it's fun for kids. You just got to watch what people say online. That can be a little scary, but we've been pretty yeah. lucky that no one's been super toxic. Yeah, that's what I worry about, too. I feel like, I guess it, it's all RNG because you don't know what server you're connecting to. And, you know, for your son to hear all that stuff, I don't want him to. <laughs> right, so, right. We've been yeah. fortunate. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um. So Sea of Thieves, what else is on your, your plate? Uh, still playing around with Valheim, class, you know, not classic WoW, but uh, retail WoW, um, Phasmophobia. Uh, I was getting into Apex with you a little bit. I really haven't played it a whole lot other than when, when you're doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a fun game. Um, it is. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I I was playing some Far Cry again. Um, I never finished four, and I never finished Primal. But I've beaten all the other ones, so I wanted to just finish up some Far Cry. I played today. I played Far Cry Four most of the day. Nice. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, so what what are, what are you getting into lately? What's your what's your gaming repertoire look like right now? Yeah. Um. So, uh, you might have already seen some of the stuff <laughs> because I I was streaming it. But like, uh, Dead by Daylight is one that I've been been getting back to. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, fans of the show will know that um, I I talk a lot of shit about Dead by Daylight because I love it. Um, <laughs> it's like a love hate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and uh, my friends uh, who were who were on a previous episode, they're like, "Here we go. Here's Jeremy talking about Dead by Daylight." And I'm like, "I got it." <laughs> um, but the reason I'm talking about it today is because the um, Resident Evil DLC is coming out on June 15th, and for those that don't know, the Resident Evil DLC is something that a lot of longtime DVD fans have been clamoring for. Um, uh, we got Silent Hill last year, which was amazing. Or was it a year, two years ago? I forget. But um, we got Pyramid Head and Heather Mason from Silent Hill, which were fantastic. It was a fantastic addition. And, you know, they're like, okay, when can we see Resident Evil? Turns out that with along with Dead by Daylight's fifth anniversary... We're going to be getting uh, the Resident Evil DLC, which includes Leon S. Kennedy, Claire Redfield, and Nemesis as the killer. And with the Raccoon Police Department as the map, um, they, the, they being the developer's behavior, they released um, what's called a PTB, which stands for Public Test Build. And it's like a beta for the DLC, so anyone can play it as long as you have the PC version. You can download it for free through Steam, and... You're able to play the DLC and beta test it for the dev- for the developers before it comes out. So, you know, they make notes of stuff. Uh, and the community is really good about telling the developers what works and what doesn't. Um, so I played the map. It was awesome. The characters are great. The perks are awesome. Nemesis is really scary. The map is... It's it's a faithful recreation, and I love them for doing that. So I, I'm really hyped about getting back into Dead by Daylight. And I know, Gary, you mentioned about getting into it as well, right? Yeah, I'd like to check it out. I, I watched you. There's you and one other person that I watch play it all the time. And it, just, it looks like a lot of fun. I just need to, like, commit and download it and get in with you. Um, I actually yeah. watched you playing some of the Resident Evil 1, and it looks so cool. Nemesis chasing you. It looked like he... Uh, had some kind of a ranged slime attack or something, and it looked yep. like he spawned zombies to chase you too. Like it just looked like chaos, like terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun. Um, your first few games, you might be hiding a lot because you're like, "Oh no, what do I do?" But right. after a while, I think, I think you'll have more confidence. Like with me, 
Uh, I definitely, I'm the kind of person that likes to be chased by the killer and distract them and, and also work on generators and make sure that the, the, the goal is completed while also, you know, saving people who are hooked. Um, yeah. you, you know, in the, in the game, they're like, if you run, you'll, the, it'll produce scratch marks, which the killer can see, but no one else can see. Um, I just run everywhere. I just don't care. But with Nemesis, with this DLC, I was so scared. I felt like I was playing the game over again because I was terrified. Like <laughs> Nemesis scares me, and in being in those like claustrophobic like little hallways, it it, it freaks me out. And I was like, dude, like this is so scary. So for the first time in a long time since I started playing Dead by Daylight, I was literally hiding in corners and just being like, don't see me. You know, I typically I, don't well, do I think that. What I- I think what added to that is it was a new map and you didn't know every square inch of that map, right? You had to relearn where your exits were, where your uh, barriers were. Like that makes a game scary is not knowing what to do. We get complacent when we have things memorized, right? Like you go yes. back and play a horror game. Like if I went back and played the first Dead Space again, I would not be as scared as I was the first time I played it because I know what I'm doing, right? Yep. Um, so you didn't have that. You didn't have that background knowledge to keep you calm and safe and level headed. So that, that natural fight or flight instinct was really getting after you. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Like it was completely new and I was like, I don't know where I'm going. So <laughs> it added to the mayhem, but it was fun. Um, I really, sure. uh, I'm excited for that DLC, man. I love resident evil. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Aside from that, Apex Legends, as you mentioned earlier, um, it's going. I mean, there's nothing really new to talk about other than I just die a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, Well, we're still working on getting you that win during the stream. Actually, I got it recently. Oh, you did? Yeah, nice. I did. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Um, got the win on stream. Was really happy about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think more wins on stream are in order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need to I need to get some of those. I might try streaming Apex when I do my my comeback. Do it, fun. man. Do it and then select your teammates and then they will help you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Uh another game I'm going to get into when I come back is uh her, um what is it? Uh Sub-Zero, not Sub-Zero. Subnautica. Subnautica? Yeah, Below yeah. Zero is officially out. Uh I've been oh. waiting. I didn't want to play beta. I've been waiting for the full version because I really I love the story uh, from yeah. the first one. It was so compelling. Um, so I've been toying with the idea of playing the first one again and then playing the new one for stream, but I'm sure I could be fine just playing the new one. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I need to get into that too. I have it for free on PlayStation because they, Sony did this thing where they gave everybody like free games because of the pandemic. And I was like, sure, dude, I'll take free games. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I want to play that eventually. Um, the first on one? List. I think so. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so back. good. It's oh, so good. Yeah, I've heard good things. Um, yeah. Another game I've been playing is Knockout City. Have you heard of that? Uh, is that the dodgeball game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I saw you playing it. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the beta and now uh, the full game has been released. It's a lot of fun. I think your son would really enjoy it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very, very, very family friendly. Um, nice. There's no, there's no voice chat with the other team, so they can't be toxic. 
Um, there are emotes, so they can like they can be toxic in that way, but it's built into the game so that it's still family friendly. Like if you miss a shot or something, they'll laugh at you. But like you know, I, that that just gives you more reason to hit them with the ball. <laughs> if anything. Yeah, and it doesn't look like it's that expensive. It's uh, nineteen ninety nine on Steam right now. Very positive right? reviews, sitting at uh, twenty two hundred reviews. All positive. It looks like. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's three v three. So, um, uh, it, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of Apex in that sense, but the rest of it obviously is not Apex. It's more of like a team deathmatch, um, with a little bit of Mario Party in there, or Mario Kart, I should say, because there are certain balls that remind me of, uh, Mario Kart stuff. There's like a multi-ball that reminds me of like the, the red shells, because there's three of them. Um, there's like a bomb ball, there's a sniper ball, which is just literally a football, um, (laughs) regular dodge balls. There's a moon ball where if you grab it, you can actually jump higher. There's oh, a police wow. ball. It's a cage, and you can capture somebody and then like throw them back at someone else. And um, you can be the ball. You can curl up into a ball, and your teammate can throw you. And if you get a direct hit, that's an instant KO. Ooh, Sonic style. Right? Um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. I believe it's also cross-play. So that's that's a oh, good one. Yeah. Um, uh, what there, platforms is it on? So, so PC? It, yeah, PC, Xbox, PlayStation. Nice. Uh, yeah. It looks like there's a free trial download too. If you guys want to check that out, um, doesn't cost anything. You just, I don't know what's in the trial. It just says that there is a down, download yep. knockout city trial. Yep. It's, it's called a block party and you just play it. I think f- you, you play it until you reach rank 25. You don't unlock any achievements, but you can play the entire game mostly free until rank 25. And then after that, you have to pay for the game. So it's a long way actually. Yeah, um, and it doesn't look like it takes that much as far as system requirements go. Um, yeah, you can run it with an an i three, uh, eight gigs of RAM, and a GTX six sixty. So just <laughs> about anybody could run this thing. So if you're looking for something you can play that doesn't take a ton of resources, you know, you don't have the best rig out there, you could definitely get in on this. Yeah, and it's only ten gigabytes. It's pretty small. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend it. Even though it's an EA game, uh, it's still a lot of fun. Um, it's developed by Villain Studios. I don't know where they're based, but um, EA is a publisher, and everyone knows that EA, you know, they like their loot boxes. But are there loot part, boxes in it? <laughs> there are. I know. Well, there's no loot boxes, <laughs> but you have to pay money for cosmetics. And I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Oh, actually, there is kind of loot boxes. So when you level up, you get a random item. You don't open a box or anything. It just appears. You're like, oh, you got this. It's like, oh, thanks. It's <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, those those whoever came up with the loot box for cosmetics, they knew what they were doing because I can't help myself. I want to look cool and I'll mm-hmm. spend money to do it. <laughs> right. And Apex, there's so many cool skins. I'm like, I want that. I want that. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Do- Knockout City Dodgeball is fun. And... um. The final game I want to talk about that I've been that I actually re that I beat recently was Yakuza Dead Souls, and that is spin-off of the Yakuza series that's set between uh, Yakuza's four and five. It was a lot of fun. Beat the game. It was kind of underwhelming overall. I'm just happy I beat it. <laughs> it looked cool. Yeah, I was watching you play some of it. it looked like a little bit of an emotional ending. But it was yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. I'm gonna play the the very first game in the entire series, Yakuza Zero. Start from there. 
Um, I played all of them. I've literally played every single Yakuza game that was released in the United States, but I want to replay them because it's a series that is near and dear to my heart. I love all of them with 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 such a passion. <laughs> I even bought like the the After Hours Premium Edition for Yakuza Six, which includes whiskey glasses, like um like whiskey uh, coasters and like whiskey stones. Like it it was so cool. Like it's such nice. a cool, yeah, it's such a cool like addition that I had to I had to get it and um. Yeah, I'm just I'm a passionate fan of the franchise, so um yeah, it was my goal to play all of them, finished all of them, and um yeah, I'm I'm thinking about what I'm gonna be playing next, uh single player wise. Cool. Yeah, there's always that sometimes it feels like there's just so many things to choose from that you end up just getting overwhelmed and not and going back to something that you're comfortable with and you know that you've played. Dude, my Steam backlog is ridiculously and like unapologetically like large like i played yeah. i've only played like 10 percent of my backlog <laughs> yeah I, I i'm bad about that too i'll buy games and then never play them right it's such a like steam problem to have <laughs> yeah well man i was doing it with playstation too i had a whole cabinet full of playstation games that i was just never touched never played it's like i need to find time to get through those yeah <laughs> I did it. right yeah well that's so when playing far cry again and I was thinking about how Far Cry 6 is coming out soon. Um, I think you said it was the 27th that's coming out. Yeah, um, yeah. How about we talk about uh, news real quick to, to sure, transition yeah. into that. So sure, yeah. Far Cry 6 is coming out on October 7th. Yeah, wow. Oh, it's in October. Okay. October yeah. 7th. Got it. Um, but when I was playing 4, I was thinking about how 6 is coming out. I want to like replay them all and like get, you know, get in that Far Cry mo- mindset. But then I was thinking... Man, I wish they could partner with EA or whoever has the rights to Star Wars games and make a Far Cry Star Wars game, almost like Rebels, like the movie Rebels. Like, how cool would that be to be a part of like an underground Far Cry set in like a planet or a settlement held by the Empire? Oh my God, that'd be so fun. Right? That'd be awesome, dude. I'd play that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine just um, hijacking the TIE fighter or speeder bikes? Oh, man. Oh, Man, I mean, so EA had the license on Star Wars for like it was supposed to be ten years, but then um, I think Lucasfilm cut ties with the contract, and then they, now anybody can develop Star Wars games. And they're like outsourcing the IP to a bunch of different developers. So oh wow, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Oh, I hope. Let's let's get this done. Let's get this figured out. Who do we got to call? <laughs> right, George Lucas. He's like, I, I have nothing to do with this anymore. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so uh, you mentioned playing all of them except for 4 and Primal. Uh, Yeah, so I've beaten all of them and I've played all of them, but I never, for whatever reason, I never finished Primal. I got really close to the end, just put it down, never finished it. Uh, So I'm going to start that over here soon. And then Far Cry 4 I've been playing on my streams and today I just decided like, yeah, I'm just going to play it. I'm just going to finish it on my own. So I was kind of playing it. Um, I'm... I think I have like one one leader left, like the big guy left. I think I've taken nice. out everyone else's fort. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they're fun games. They are. And, you know, kind of reflecting on the franchise, the first one was such an interesting, uh, like not just a, um, I was going to say tech demo, because it's really not. Like such an interesting game because it was semi open worldish but at the same time there was this linear storyline about this dude named Jack who 
um, was stuck on an island and you find out like, oh, okay, there's a bunch of bad guys on the island. That's cool. Let's kill all the bad guys. And then there's like genetic experiments. You're like, what the hell is happening yeah, in this game? It got weird. It's, yeah, it got weird. And then there were a bunch of like Xbox spinoffs that I never played, which I thought were really strange because they went more into the genetic stuff. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Like the super hyper, hyper sense stuff. Right. That, that like was the weird. tracking and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Crisis, but, you know, made by the same people, but, like, on an island. Well, I get that was on an island, too, but, like, you were, like, the, the, the main character from the first game, but you were had all these powers. I was like, this is strange. Um, well, they, so, Far Cry 2, was, a lot of people speculate that the Jackal, the main bad guy that you're working towards capturing, uh, speculate that he was the guy from the first game. Ooh, I like that theory. That's cool. His name his name was Jack, and then the new guy was Jackal. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he was an arms dealer, and he wore that same silly Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I feel like the first Far Cry game is such a like two thousands shooter. Like you're you're a mercenary, or like you're a no name military guy who goes on an island and you <laughs> have to kill bad guys. It's like such an eighties movie trope, but it worked yeah. well for like two thousands shooters. Yeah, um, well, uh, return to Castle, Castle Wolfenstein, same style, right? You're just right, J, JB Blaskowitz or whatever. And you're just <laughs> not really a backstory. You're just you just end up in the castle killing guys, right? You're just a dude with the face, and you have to put your own impression on him. Um, but I I actually enjoyed the recent um far uh, the recent uh, Wolfenstein games because they gave more character to him. Yeah, I haven't played them yet. Um, but it was like an alternate reality though. That's what I what I've been gathering from what I've seen. So here's the thing, the the what is it? The new order is the first one. It, they actually they they attempt to tie all the Wolfenstein games together. So oh, wow, yeah. So in a way, it's not really an alternate take on Wolfenstein. It's actually a, a continuation um, because there's like characters from games, uh, previous games that make an appearance. The, there's storyline threads that that continue on. Um, and in the alternate sense, yes, it, it does take place in a world where, you know, the Nazis did win. And it's kind of interesting to see that. Uh, I When you get a chance, Gary, please, please play both of them. They're really, really fun games. Like, yeah, the new the new order and the new Colossus are so good. It's like some of the best single player first person shooter I've ever played since like Half-Life. Like, it's so good. So the so it's the new order and then the second one is the new Colossus. That's correct. Nice. And um, if you can play the Old Blood, which is a prequel to the New Order, I would play that one first, and then the New Order, and then uh, the New Colossus. Okay. Yeah, check those out. Those are so fun. It's you'll if especially streaming them, you'll have a good time. Like everyone will, I will watch it because it's just, <laughs> I love those games so much. Yeah, they look um, like they're really action packed. Right. Um. But going back to it, what do you? How do you feel about Far Cry Two? Uh, it was fun, but it felt like it was a little bit like just drawn out. Like I remember, uh, towards the end, I was like ready to be done. I thought the acting like was just not good. The acting was very, uh, very low budget. They could tell that yeah. they were just reading off a piece of paper the entire time. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got through it cause I wanted to, right. I made the choice. Like I'm going to beat every Far Cry game. Um, and it, it got really annoying towards the end. Um, because the maps got bigger, right? Now you had two maps. You had to travel back and forth and travel from one corner to the next. So it got, it lost its charm quickly, I would say. Um, 
the one nice thing I would say about it is the water effects and the boat effects were, I think, ahead of their time, and the fire effects were ahead of their time. Oh, yeah. And in a lot of ways, the fire effects and the way fire spreads in Far Cry 2 is better than any of the Far Cry games that came after. I think that's the best fire out of all of their games so far. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's funny that we're talking about this because I actually literally talked about this on the previous podcast. Um, <laughs> and I, I called it Malaria Simulator because you had to keep oh, finding yeah. Antidote. And that was really annoying after a long time. They were just forcing you to do those missions for the doctors to get people out of the country, I think. Yeah, and it made sense. But at the same time, I'm trying to play the game. Not, I'm not trying to like get, keep myself medicated. And also, <laughs> why can't I get better? <laughs> you know, like I sleep yeah. a lot. <laughs> um, that's funny I, yeah i enjoyed it you know overall i think i liked it but it wasn't the best um i like you said i i also did enjoy the graphics and i thought that the the physics were really good i think it was really ahead of its time because it came out in 2008 and i remember being as a kid being blown away by it i was like this yeah. is so cool um um as an adult though i look back on it i'm like wow this game actually kind of <laughs> it looks it looks okay uh, it did not but, age well Unfortunately not. I, I do think that Far Cry 3 had better graphics and Far Cry 4 definitely looks awesome. And Far Cry 6, Far Cry 5 and 6. Um, Actually, I haven't played 3 or Primal or 5, uh, but I've heard really good things. So 3 was fun. Um, 3, I was able to really role play. That was one where you could really jump into and like the situation made sense. The story made sense. And you could really say, OK, yeah, I could I could see this guy. I could see this happening to someone. I could pretend to be him. Um, right. Far Cry 5 was the same way. I think 5 might be my favorite in the franchise so far. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe because I live in a rural area and I'm surrounded by, I don't know, that kind of like culture and like the scenery. <laughs> just felt I felt like I was defending my home from crazy, like a crazy cult. You know, it just felt like yeah. home. It was cool. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then you could customize your character, which was new. Like I got to pick out my guy, unlock outfits. Like it just felt really customized. And that that was a huge buy-in. When anytime you can customize your character is always a buy-in for players. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I really like the Elder Scrolls games and just Bethesda games in general that allow you to yeah. customize your character. I'm like, dude, I want to be this specifically, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh so you know, I think the franchise overall has gotten this this stigma that it's an action shooter. And when you hear the name Far Cry, you think, okay, guns, cars, open world, explosions, big bad guy. <laughs> like, those yeah. are the things that come to mind. Um, and they don't disappoint. And I think Far Cry 6 is going to be a, a ton of fun. I love Giancarlo Esposito, the actor that plays the main he bad guy in this. He is amazing. He is so good. He's so good. I loved him in Breaking Bad. Did you watch Breaking Bad, Gary? Yeah, he was he was oh. definitely scary in that. Like his demeanor, his calmness, even like when uh the main character like messed something up, he was always just like real calm about it like, "Okay. So, here's how you're going to fix it." We yep. moving on, we're moving on. Like he was just a businessman. Like, I was just like straight to the bone. Ooh, scary. So good. I I loved it. I, yeah, and, and then I he was in him. the Mandalorian too, and oh, he was yep. just so evil in Mandalorian. Oh, but he so knew, like, you know, not to spoil anything, but when Luke was coming, he he knew it was over because he never seen a Jedi. He'd only heard about him, and he pooped his pants. Yeah, he's like, "What is that?" 
<laughs> like, oh no. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm hyped. We're hyped. Uh, yeah. That's coming out October 7th, 2021. And I can't wait to play it. The one thing I would say about the Far Cry franchise, the only negative I would really say about it as a whole is the open world. And some people probably like those things, but like Bethesda, not Bethesda, Ubisoft games, all the Assassin's Creeds and all those kind of games with the collecting things and doing side missions. It starts to feel repetitive when you've done it in a couple zones. So I'm curious to see how they handle this. So for Far Cry 5 and the the expansion to Far Cry 5, the standalone expansion, they did an amazing job with storytelling and the cutscenes and progressing the story and making it feel like a living, breathing world. But you still had those like collecting things and those side objectives and like it just made it feel kind of just repetitive. But that's also how they get you to travel the world that they've created. So I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm just curious if they're going to follow the same formula, if they're going to mix it up somehow. No, I I totally get you there because I was I was playing Watch Dogs 2, which I need to get back into. And it's set in the San Francisco Bay Area, which, you know, that's where I live and where I'm from. (laughs) Yeah. And I love I love the setting. I like it looks pretty good, you know, for a video game. But it's overwhelming because there's so much stuff on the UI. When you go into the map, there's like, you go this, get this, collect this. I'm like, okay, this is too much. Like, can I just like do what I want to and not have to be bogged down by all these notifications? Yeah. Literally in my in-game phone, they're like, hey, you want to go get this? I'm like, no, I don't. Go away. Grand Theft Auto doesn't have this many <laughs> notifications. Like, stop. <laughs> right. There's only two games where I've ever not been bothered by that kind of uh, collecting and traveling thing. Uh, the first one would be Assassin's Creed Black Flag because, one, you know, I just loved sailing and I it gave me an excuse to stop at islands and run around on an island, right? Yeah. Other, you know, because I love sailing. The traveling was perfect for that kind of thing. Um, and then the other game is the Marvel Spider-Man on PlayStation because I could literally just, and I would, I would just turn on the PlayStation and just web swing. If I had like 15 minutes to spare before I had to go somewhere, like, soccer practice or something i would just turn it on and just swing around for 15 minutes doing nothing and then i would turn it off and leave like Dude, so that was that's fine awesome me. yeah yeah uh yeah so <laughs> some, some open world games are just built differently <laughs> yeah if the tra- if the traversing is fun it won't bother you as much exactly exactly um yeah so far cry's dope um God of War Ragnarok is coming out. Um, it de- it got delayed to 2022. Um, are you a God of War fan? Love God of War. Uh, I haven't played the new one, um, so I definitely need to. Uh, Same, was, actually. Again, it was, it was, again, it's one of those games that I bought and put on the back burner. I literally owned it and just didn't play it. Um, <laughs> but I've heard so many good things about it. Uh, yep. And I played all the old God of Wars. They've changed it up, so I'm excited to see how they changed it up. Um Delaying a game has never bothered me. I know some people are like, oh, come on, you know, but I'd rather a company do that and ensure the quality of their standards than to just rush development on a game. Um, Because if you rush development, the people making the game are stuck with time constraints. They're stuck taking shortcuts and not doing as good of a job as they could if they were just given the time to breathe. And I, I, you know, good on them, good on the company for taking the time to finish it correctly. Yeah, I, I am 100% in the same boat as you. I'd rather a company be transparent and tell us um, that it's coming out later 
as opposed to them just being like like saying nothing and we just have to assume it's going to come out um you know this year but i would rather them take their time as well because that like you said it ensures the quality it ensures that this will be the like a better game it'll be the best version of this game it could be and you know it's you know the fans have to wait you know some people are impatient but at the end of the day it's going to be a good game and i'm all for having a better polished game than having something broken 100 100%, 100%. Um, yeah man so, so i need to yeah go ahead go ahead sorry oh no finish your thought on this uh i was gonna i was gonna move on <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. I, I haven't played actually any God of War games, um, but I've heard really good things about the new one uh, on PS4, so I'm going to try to pick that up and try to catch up in a way. <laughs> oh, you haven't played any of them? No, no. I've heard really good things about the franchise. Yeah, they are very fun, very intense. Very enjoyable. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm into it. I'm into it. Maybe I'll... Um, I don't, so I need to get a capture device. Maybe I'll stream some of those one day. Yeah, dude, please. Then I won't have to play it. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to mention Valve's uh, Steam Pal. Tell me yeah. a little bit about that. What do you know about that? Yeah, so there were there was a, a panel in New Zealand where a Valve co-founder Gabe Newell hinted at um, Steam working on, or uh, sorry, yeah, a Valve working on a handheld console. Um, so for those that don't know, uh, Gabe Newell is still, I believe, the CEO of Valve, and he's been residing in New Zealand since um, 2019, since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, oh, wow. He moved there, yeah, he moved there with some friends, and he got lucky because New Zealand was the first country to completely remove, get rid of the coronavirus. Um, and then it came back, I think, eventually, but they, they were the first country to um, be able to not have masks on and, and hang out and stuff. Uh but he kind of hinted at, um, you know, Steam games coming to mobile or not mobile like phone, but like a mobile device. Um, and the device is supposed to be a, a Nintendo Switch like console that will run on Linux on, I guess, the, a Steam um, UI software and uh, will just be run on Linux. So that's going to be interesting to see if it actually does come out. Wow. That would be so cool. Is it about the same size, like comparable size? Have they given any images of it? No, it's still speculation. Um, they they're saying that it's still like in a, in prototype stages. Um, yeah, Alienware kind of released a concept, but um, I I don't know which company that uh, Valve is going through to release it. But it's apparently been nicknamed the Steam Pal, according to some files found within, um steam's code so that's that's the uh i don't know if that's the prototype name but um people are saying that it's in the prototype stages um and they're they're wondering and they're they're wondering how like uh big it's gonna be because it's gotta be definitely something you can hold and not too heavy but like well i wonder what kind of hardware they're gonna have inside of it since this is i guess meant to be playing like a bunch of different steam games and hopefully vr we'll see like it'll be interesting yeah, that would be really cool. Uh, it's supposed to be like a switch where you can dock it to larger monitors and TVs with a USB-C port. Um, and I think they're going to make a Steam Pal dock similar to like a Switch dock. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so it's literally just a switch, but it plays 
Steam games, anything PC, <laughs> honestly. Nice. Uh, and this article is from Ars Technica, so um, it's going to be cool to see this finally come out um, and how much it's going to cost because, I mean, I, I, I think it should be something reasonable, but if it was like, let's say like 500 or less, would you, would you buy one, Gary? Well, if it let me have access to my whole Steam library on the go, I think I would. Why not? Right? Yeah. Yeah. You travel, you might be traveling and then you're like, I want to play a game and you pull that out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the switch is limited to like, you know, Nintendo switch games. And if valve is able to pull this off and if I just have a Wi-Fi connection, I can play anything in my steam library. That would be incredible. Right. It'd be so awesome. Um, yeah, I, I would I would think about it for sure. I would definitely think hard about it because I currently have two PCs. One is like a gaming PC and the other one is my desktop that I've had for years and I just use it now as a streaming PC. But um, having something on the go that's not a 14-inch laptop would definitely be cool for sure. Um, I would just need to figure out like where to put it, <laughs> first of all. Because I, if I have three... If I have three devices that play the same games, I feel like it's a little bit too much. So I, <laughs> a little bit I feel redundant, like I would, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I would need a reason to to buy it for sure. But I would be open to buying it. Um, yeah, man. So that's exciting. And the final piece of news I have is that the next Battlefield game, which is untitled at the moment, but it is numerically Battlefield 6, will be revealed on June 9th. Do we have any information yet on it or speculations at least? There have been leaks and um, there's been some talk from the developers. It's set in the near future, so it'll have like futuristic technology. Oh, wow. um, And it seems like a lot of old maps from previous games that are staples are coming back. So like Wake Island, um, maybe Iwo Jima. Um, and uh, there have been some leaked screenshots showing like uh, like I guess a pilot's HUD from inside of like a futuristic plane and it shows like all these like holograms and stuff, which is cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's set in the future. I'm all about it. I love, love, love the battlefield franchise. I actually think I like it more than call of duty. Oh yeah. I actually, so the only one I ever got like super, super into was battlefield one. And I went hard. Like I leveled up every gun, unlocked everything possible. Like I went nice. nuts with it. Um, there was a point, and this was on PlayStation 4, but there was a point where I would get on with my friend, and I always played the Medic. I, I seemed to like the semi-auto rifles in Battlefield 1 for the Medic the best. But nice. I would have, like, and I would take I don't have them anymore, but I would take pictures of it with my phone to prove that I did this. But I would have, like, anywhere from, like, 30 to 50 kills with, like, under 10 deaths. Like, I was just crushing it with the Medic. That's And awesome. it was fun. And it was fun. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. actually, I think on my YouTube channel, I have a video of me in one of those artillery trucks going up against a tank and winning, and it was cool. Like, it was That's a cool awesome. interaction, like, as we went head-to-head. Um, and then I shot an airplane out of the sky with the artillery truck one time. Yep. It was a fun game, dude. I loved I loved Battlefield 1. So I bought Battlefield 6, didn't have anybody to play with it, didn't really get into it, didn't know it well enough, and everyone was already pretty well established. Um, or Battlefield 5, I meant. So I would, okay. 
I definitely want to jump into six. If I got a, some dedicated friends, I'm all in. Well, you have one, which is me. I'll be playing yeah. it for sure. We'll squad awesome. up, man. Let's squad up. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I love the Battlefield games because um, there's a lot more open things to do. You have like your... You know, you have um, vehicles you can drive, planes you can fly, um, mm-hmm. different gun types. Um, and, you know, a lot of people call, like um, compare the Battlefield and Call of Duty games, which, you know, rightfully so. They're both modern, realistic-ish shooters that feature the same types of guns. But for me, Battlefield is always special because there were things in the game you could not do in Call of Duty, like blow up buildings, literal buildings with tanks. I love that. Yeah. Because yeah. you'd be hiding sniping in like a little house or something and someone shoots an artillery around at it and they're like it explodes around you and you're just doing everything you can to survive a falling building like how cool was that right like cover like there goes your cover it's gone like you literally don't have cover anymore it just (laughs) felt more it felt more real and like with sniping the bullet dropping just is so much better than like i know there's bullet drop on call of duty but it's not the same Mm, yeah yeah and you know some people prefer that which is fine, but I still prefer Battlefield because in Call of Duty, you cannot strap C4 onto a little motorbike and then drive it into a tank and then jump off and then blow up the C4 and the little motorbike. Right. Use <laughs> so your vehicle cool. as a literal like death bomb. Right. It's awesome. And whenever I see people do stuff like that, I'm like, okay. And like, I think there's a campaign for Battlefield 3. Um, it was like only in, you can only do this in Battlefield. I think the, the phrase is like only in Battlefield and it would show people like doing really crazy stuff. And I was like, yes, only in Battlefield. Literally, you can only do this kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, I love Battlefield. I'm so hyped for the new game and I cannot wait to play it. Yeah. So June 9th is when our sneak peek or teaser comes out. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct, man. So that's what that's gosh, that's next week. Next next Wednesday. Yeah. Nice. Hype. <laughs> um, yeah, man. All right. So that pretty much wraps it up for the podcast. Um, where can people find more about you? Uh so on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the nerd it all underscore Tarek T E R I C. Uh, making a big comeback stream on June 11th. going to be a, a long multi-day stream with several friends coming and visiting. Um, I'm coordinating that with them now. Ma- uh, J- Jeremy is one of them. Yeah, I'll uh, be there for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we're also same same thing. The Nerd It All is on YouTube and basically all social media platforms. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. You can find us anywhere. The Nerd It All. We thought it would yep. be a, a fun little play. So originally the Nerd It All was a collaboration between me and another friend who wanted to get into podcasting. And really it, it initially revolved around our love of comics and the Marvel movies. And it slowly transitioned into because he had a kid. So it kind of he kind of dropped off. And um, so it's really just me right now. He still handles the Twitter Twitter account with um, comic books. And I think he does the Instagram as well with comic books and stuff. Um, but I've taken over like the video game side of it. Um, we have our website, the nerd at all.com. Uh, but we haven't done much with it other than putting our bios up. Um, we wanted to do like a blog and like video game movie reviews. Um, but that's to come still. So 
easy to find us. Um, yeah, come check us out sometime. Hopefully, you know, after the comeback, uh, we took a little break. So hopefully uh, in the coming summer, we'll be up and active and continue to improve. Yeah. Um, links for all of Gary's stuff will be in the description of wherever this podcast is hosted. So sweet guys, please. Yeah, please, please, please follow him. He's a really, really good guy. And if you guys can make it to the comeback stream on June 11th, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, that'd yeah. be awesome. I'll, I'll put it on the uh, schedule too for the, the Twitch account. Cool. Yeah. And do you have a time set for that? I don't yet. Um, okay. That's what this. So this next week is going to be the final planning. So then viewers will have the following week to uh, fit it into their schedule. There you go. There you go. Sweet, yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate you having me, man. This is really fun to just kind of sit and talk and, uh, you know, reach out to a new group. I'm, it's good to meet all your followers. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's always fun to have different guests on and I've been having like a plethora of different guests since, um, Elisa has been away, but she's been listening to the podcast. So she's been, you know, around still. Um, awesome. and it gives me a chance to get to know you better, Gary. And that's oh, for sure. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's more fun for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll come back anytime, man. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to have you back. Absolutely. With, with Elisa and you can, you guys can nerd out over star Wars together. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right, guys. So some housekeeping stuff before we end the podcast officially. So if you guys want to send us a comment or question, you can go to www.downtime.live. Again, that's www.downtime.live. You can send us a comment or question by clicking on the um, contact form. Fill it out. It'll send an email directly to us. And um, if you guys want to send us an email the old-fashioned way, you can send us an email at contact at downtime.live. Again, that's contact at downtime.live. Send us a question or comment that way. We'll read it on the podcast. You can leave a comment or question wherever this podcast is hosted that allows comments. So like Podbean, YouTube. Um, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll, we'll leave that. We'll, ah, we'll read that review on the podcast. I believe we're still five out of five. Um, we have a Twitter, which is at Downtime Live. We have a Twitch account that we don't really normally use. Um, but um, I'm thinking about doing one last podcast before Elisa comes back. And it's probably going to be on Twitch. Um, and um, yeah, follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts. And we're now just recently on Amazon Music. So the big three. We hit the big three. Big four with Apple, <laughs> I should say. Um, so please, please, please follow us there. You can join our discord. The link to join our discord is in this podcast, wherever it is hosted, click on the discord link. It'll take you to an invite that will have you join our community where we talk about everything from video games, movies, um, to TV shows and, you know, music, everything in between. It's just a small community of people that are passionate about, um, everything pop culture nerd culture geek culture so please 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 come on by we'd love to have you and with that gary thank you again for being on the podcast it has been an absolute pleasure having you on chatting with you and picking your brain and getting your wealth of knowledge in here thanks man i loved it i had a good time happy to hear that all right everybody thank you so much for listening to downtime podcast episode 168 have a great one